Hey, this is Kerry Watt. You are listening to Neptune's Talker, the podcast where I tell all the stories behind the making of my debut album, Neptune's Daughter. So today I have a very important guest on the show. Not only did he engineer the entire record, but he also played all the guitars on every song. So welcome, Julian Gargiulo. Hello. What is up? You're coming to us from texas on a sunday morning right? yes yes i'm out here in dripping springs uh, about 40 minutes west of austin as also some people might notice this as the studio that where the magic happened um but yeah out here in austin yeah for anyone watching this podcast you know they will be able to see machines studio the machine shop it's a big blue barn and it's like wooden and red inside with lots of windows Yep, beautiful place. It's the coolest place in the planet to me. And you live there, too. I do. I do live here. Me and uh, my girlfriend live in a... Look, it's a trailer. It's nice, though. I promise. But uh, we it's like 200 yards away from the studio. And we have a deck around it. And it's crazy. It's actually... It's funny. I joke around, but it's nicer than any one bedroom I ever lived in in Boston. Hands down. Hands down, like like granite countertops and like new appliances, <laughs> cool lights. And you have all the space because Dripping Springs and that whole area where the barn is is just like like wild countryside. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 not only is it such a beautiful view with the hill country, but there are, we do live on some some acreage. And it's funny actually, we had a a couch get delivered the other day, and the two guys delivering were like, "Man, I would love to live out here." Like, I love your spot. That's <laughs> like, oh, awesome. Thank you. So you just mentioned you used to live in Boston. Before we dive into the album stuff, tell us a bit about your musical story. Oh, like like from, from Zygote or from well, Boston? Like... <laughs> well, maybe a bit before Boston. You know, what led you to go to Berkeley College of Music, who one of my other guests on this show also went to? Okay. Well, you know what? It's... It, the Berkeley story is actually a crazy story, so I'm, I'm glad I get to talk about it here. But skipping all the zygote to Berkeley, uh, it, it, it basically just playing guitar. I did that whole thing 11 onwards and a big fan of rock and all that stuff. But I ended up not going. I, I didn't really consider music as a – I didn't think that was something that I could make a career out of. And, um, you know, my dad was valedictorian of his – high school and college and he was in military school in Argentina and my mom was also like a really good student my dad was actually my mom's TA in oh, college wow. which is weird and gross but <laughs> um but yeah so I, I just didn't really think that that was something I was kind of that was an option for me so I ended up going to university at here at the University of Texas and I was studying at the time architecture and also computer science no way and I was playing soccer and I, I was I was doing like I was just all over the place so that was like really the first year, and, and and like my high school band, we all kind of split up. We were in this metal band, and I I spent that year at UT, and and I I really do love computer science, and I'm sure a lot of that is why this I love engineering too, because I have that left brain side of me that I really um, is a big you know part of everything I do. But um yeah, I just remember being at UT, and I I would come back from my computer science classes, and I would think, 
you know, like I'm, I'm, I've, I've got good grades. Like I'm, I'm doing this, but I had my friends in computer science who would, you know, they'd be go home and they'd be like, yeah, I'm working on this video game or I'm programming this app and all this stuff. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm just, I'm just getting good grades. So I was like, well, what is that going to yield for me? I'm probably going to get some desk job that I'll, you know, find a way to do the bare minimum and like, you know, whatever, like I've done that thing, you know, yeah. I'm pretty good at it. It's not good, you know? <laughs> and it, and I just remember thinking like, wow, like I'm not, I'm not really overachieving. And I think people who really want to be successful at something need to put themselves in a position where they just have the energy to exert that kind of effort towards it at all times, like just effortlessly. Like, like I was noticing with my computer science pals. So then I was like, all right, so, you know, maybe, maybe I, I, I think I do want to do this. And I had my guitars there at UT and I, I would play and stuff. And I was like, man, you know, maybe there is a place I can go do this. And that's kind of where I discovered Berkeley. I was like, wow, like, look at this place. Like, they're not, because I always thought music school was like, oh, like, music school. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I didn't do band in high school. I didn't do anything yeah. like that. And I did play. I was always in a rock band, and I loved playing, but I always just thought that the uh, the setting for electric guitar, at, at least at the time of what was available to me, I didn't feel like I fit in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, then here I see Berkeley, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like, people are here studying rock and and, you know, and country and jazz and, and, and you know, and of, of course, they're like, well, it's really tough to get in and blah, blah, blah. And you suck. And, you know, all this <laughs> stuff. And then so then you're like, wow, and then you suck, you know, I'm going to try to get in. Uh, so I ended up deciding, okay, you know what? And I, I remember I talked to my parents about it. And at first, like, what are you talking about? And then they were yeah. like, no, no. And I think it's funny because my dad jokes. I think he was like, he admits it now, but he was half expecting me to not get in kind of because Uh-oh. not, not because he didn't believe in me, but because of how things worked out right so yeah i decided all right you know what this is not for me i'm gonna try i mean if i'm gonna do music i'm gonna go there or i'm gonna figure it out here that's it i'm not that's it i'm gonna do that or stay here and so i think at the time i figured out i wanted to go to berkeley it was december and say that the application deadline was january something like that so already it was a huge scramble i remember Mm -hmm. it was like just to apply but um Anyway, so yeah, so I, I did end up getting in and, and I went and I will say that, you know, that was definitely a massive catalyst for me personally. And not because I think everyone needs to take that route, but um, for me, I just uh, not having a musical family per se, like they all love music, but that was really the first time where I felt like everyone around me was a nerd. Yeah. like. <laughs> for and I, I really hope that that is something that everyone gets to experience in life at one point where you're just surrounded by people that are so um into the same thing or just so inspired by a similar thing and just to to be surrounded by people that are like-minded like that is just what I mean at least for me for me I love feeding off other people that are just super into what they do mm-hmm. um because that energy is just like super, just super contagious. Yeah. Uh, and I think for some people, maybe it can be a little, uh, not for everyone. Like some people don't like, some people get competitive and some people, maybe that's not their environment. They're better off being at home and just sh- shredding away. Yeah. But um, yeah, wow. Berkeley was uh, incredible. I've met, I've met some of my, I mean, I have so many connections from there that I've just maintained just, just friends. Like, like not like in the networking sense, like just like people you just get put in the room i mean if, if i was a basketball player and i got to go to somewhere where everyone plays basketball and everyone's been just training to be a basketball player 
and it's like you could just play and not only that like you're hanging out with them every day and blah blah, blah and you just talk about basketball and then yeah. after school you just play more basketball and then absolutely I don't, it's just you watch basketball together you go to <laughs> basketball games to get like i don't know it was it's just like the most tailored experience for what i really love doing which is music and you know yeah i i, I learned i learned a lot i got really uh, a lot better at guitar there just by how many people i would just jam with people like i just yeah. lived lived and jammed with my my friends who were all so talented and yeah yeah that was it was awesome and boston as as cold and as heartless as you are <laughs> <laughs> it's a great city i used to love visiting there yeah but you're used to that you're a polar the bear cold, too yeah okay. yeah <laughs> so okay so you had four amazing years four years at berkeley you did i actually i did it in three three I did it. wow pat myself on the back i did it in three because uh well some of my ut credits transferred and i did oh, I, right. I did like 20 hour credits and like worked a job while i was there the whole time and yeah just kind of ran my body into the ground yeah but but i did it i did it in three and it was awesome three years and then mm -hmm. you ended up working with machine who i guess you knew and admired already and here you yeah, are was, still cool. how many years later and Four? Yeah, here i am yeah uh it's five now five years later yeah yeah 2018 we made the record so two and a half years ago so you'd already been there like you kind of you knew the studio and you knew how everything worked and mm -hmm. i figured out i was going to work with machine did he play any of my demos before i came over did you know that you were going to be involved in neptune's daughter in oh any yeah way? i don't i don't think he he doesn't always send me demos yeah. but he always lets me know who we're about to work for and um, I remember I had looked you up and I had seen a couple of your music videos on, it must have been YouTube, but yeah. I think they were on like some Vivo production or. Yeah. Yeah. He normally, he, we get into the demos when pre-pro happens. So yeah. So he'll be like, okay. that's when, and, and I, I like that too. I like that too. I think that's kind of good. We had kind of narrowed down this big bunch of demos that i had so he'd heard like at least 20 i think and by the time i came to austin i think we narrowed it down to like 14 and we ended up recording 10 or 11 no 12 that's how many tracks on the album we mm -hmm. ended up yep. recording 12. <laughs> but i remember my first day so i'm way out there in the middle of nowhere like i thought the studio was in austin when i was going there and then i turn mm -hmm. up and it's like in the middle of nowhere in this little place called dripping springs which sounds totally made up and like <laughs> right. i stayed with this lady this awesome awesome photographer lady called kimberly and um i remember that yeah a little bit down the she lived like a 20 minute drive away so i was driving on my own on the other side of the road like in a place i just had no idea what i was about to be in for and i remember mm -hmm. i got the address and i'm trying to like find it and then there's no phone signal no like there's just nothing out there so my phone cuts out I, and I like, so I can't, I'm totally lost driving around Dripping Springs and there's like deer running everywhere, trailers of chickens and stuff <laughs> driving down the road. And then I find this place, I'm like, I think this is it. But there was a house there and there was like a, you know, a sign in the garden that said like, do not trespass or something. And I remember someone telling me, be really careful because like you, you were allowed to shoot 
people that trespass on your oh, property. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm not, I don't want to like even go knock on this person's house and ask if they know where the machine shop is because it just like <laughs> looks like it can't be out here. And I, I, anyway, so I remember like sitting at the side of the road and then seeing someone pull up. And I don't know if you remember this, but it was you. And you must have looked at me and been like, wow, she looks really pale and lost she's got to be the scottish girl <laughs> is coming to record because <laughs> it was like the middle of summer for you guys mm-hmm. like so hot and sunny over there i just come from over here and so you were actually like the first person that i met besides machine obviously who was involved in the project and from that mm-hmm. day one it was just it was intense and it was so much energy and so much fun that just continued like this high energy for five weeks and that's probably why well, like what you were saying about being around like-minded people and kind of feeding off that that's totally what you get with machine he's a ball he's a sun he's the sun of energy he is <laughs> i mean i thought i was energetic and then i met him and i felt like you know timid next to him but he <laughs> he is so much fun and so passionate um and like one of my favorite things about working with him and all of you guys was just how kind of like free natural um way of working it's like someone has an idea let's try it it's just really natural i guess is the best way to put it definitely machines very uh actually one of the one of the things that now it's cool because having listened to so many of his records but now having worked with him for so long I can kind of pinpoint maybe why certain records sound ways. I can maybe like imagine why things came out a certain way and things that I like that he did. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I really respect about Machine is that he doesn't have a cut black and white process for everyone he works with. So he truly does cater to what he thinks is going to yield the best record, mm-hmm. which is cool because in reality, it's that's not like that's not benefiting his time, no. you know? Like, that's just benefiting the the product, which I really respect that because the next guy would say, well, we do drums first. We're already mic'd up. Let's go. Right. That's <laughs> what know? I'm talking about. It's super <laughs> organic. He listens to everyone's ideas, takes stuff on board. Yeah. It's very collaborative experience. I think in the first, by the first, end of the first week, we decided which, which sort of 10 we were going to record. But we were, we were like recording the live band sort of rehearsals as well of these other tracks just in case we did anything mm-hmm. with them. And Neptune's Daughter was one of them. I mean, there's so many memories we could talk about on this from this time and that trip that I took. And you worked on so many of the, well, all of the songs, really. So you could tell your stories about each of them, but fun to focus in on. Neptune's daughter because that was the one that we loved so much and I felt like it mm-hmm. was it, that song had more energy than any of them and there's lots of energy on the record but that one just was so exciting we all loved playing it so much and I think it was like maybe by the end of the second week I had to make like a real choice about okay what are we seriously cutting here and I remember being like mm-hmm. well it's not going to be Neptune's daughter because I love that track so what happened? What what made that call? I got to ask. Uh, what, well, what I'm sure we spoke about it at the time, but I don't know if you remember because there was obviously so many tracks in the mix. But the people, some people that I was working with at the time who were kind of helping me make decisions about things, they just didn't like that song. That's the only way to put it. They, they just really, really 
didn't like it. Um, I remember one of the one of the main reasons was they thought that it was quite like like teenager, like awesome. a bit childish or something, <laughs> which I thought was crazy because I thought, wow, the, the the band parts are so intricate. There's so much kind of reference to older bands that I loved in the in the vibe and the feel. And in the lyrics, I'm referencing some of my heroes um, from like the 60s and 70s. So nothing about it to me was young. And um, not that I don't want to appeal to young people, but I, I didn't feel like it was, you know, a song that One Direction would have written. <laughs> or, no, not at or all. Released. But that was kind of the main the main reasons. And then I remember kind of pushing on it. And then being really, no, this song just doesn't fit. It's not going to work. And it's not as good as the rest. And me coming in and telling all of you guys that and the band and just being so devastated because I, yeah, I felt like it should have been on the record. And you did the right thing. You put it on the record. <laughs> so I mean, well, what, it's out, you know. Yeah, what was so lucky was for the two years after that, so we recorded the album in June, July 2018, for two years after that, I never got over that song. Like, usually I can let things go, but I just couldn't. I just loved that song. And all we had from it, which was actually quite a lot, was we had a live band take, like one live band take um, mm-hmm. that was really, really strong. So in October of 2020, when I decided I was finally going to put the record out, had moved on, was working with different people, new label, and um, I was like, I have this other song, by the way. It's kind of, it's not finished, but I think I could finish it remotely with Machine. All that's really left to do is, you know, we've got the core of it. We've got the body of it. I obviously need to do Mm -hmm. vocals, and Machine needs to work his magic um, with all his stuff. And I was so excited when he said he could do it. It came out, I... Yeah, it, that song deserved to be out. And I, I remember when he told me, too, he's like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, finish this one up. Or he messaged me a couple months back. I was so excited. Cause yeah, I, 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 I remember, like, I have so many vivid memories of playing through that song in particular. Yeah. Like, just like, just Zach on the keys. Like, down, 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 down. And it was like, we were so locked in. And it was such a good song. Like, just such a good song. And, I, yeah, I remember, yeah, I mean, I, I I can say that in my time, I can think of two times in this studio where songs have been cut and I have been like on the hill dying by myself. Like, what are you talking about? I guess obviously you're on the same hill with me, but yeah. for whatever reason, like things are getting cut and like Machine, you know, he just knows how it is. He just knows how it goes. He's been through it a million times. He's yeah. like, this happens. He's, I mean, he, it's funny because Machine is like, He's like, I'm surprised you haven't seen worse yet. Like, because he, he's seen people get into like fist fights over oh, really? things getting cut and like, yeah, like just crazy stuff. Yeah. And you know, I've I've worst I've seen is like somebody cry or something like that. But yeah, I remember uh, it was this song and then another song that uh, Grayscale, another band that's been here, cut. Where I was like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Like, why would you cut that? Yeah. <laughs> I loved the the master so much when we finished it in kind of late, late October because we turned it around really quickly I recorded the vocals here and I was like 
I think I'm actually going to change the name of the record because all along I was going to call it Chasing Airplanes and then at the last minute, like literally the week before we announced the album, I changed the name of it and I changed all the artwork and everything <laughs> to Neptune's Daughter. No, but it's like a stick to your guns moment though. It's like yeah. you knew that you felt strongly about that song and just what the message meant. And it just, it just goes to show that when sometimes people don't share your vision or, and you can't, you can only do so much to get someone on the same page as you. But like when you really know that something is what it's supposed to be yeah. and you go for it and it works out and it's like, it's just a great feeling. You know? It is. It's such a good feeling. But yeah, like I say, we, we worked on like all these tracks together. What are some of your favorite moments and maybe like share with us some of the guitars you actually played? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, some of my favorite moments. I really love, Okay, well, Band of Gold, that was a really fun one. And I love that video. I'm going to have to have you send that to me. I love that video. You kind of captured uh, the moment of, like, brainstorming a solo, a little acoustic solo with Machine. Yeah. And he's over there singing it, like, just, like, super into it. And he's, like, <laughs> laughing. He's, like, he's like, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, tripping <laughs> over like, the chair. Yeah. Like, from the movie Hercules, yeah. like, indoor plumbing. It's going to be great. <laughs> he's, like, giggling. And he, like, trips over the chair. And then uh, he's singing it to me. And then I play it. And then uh yeah yeah but uh, yeah that that was a really cool moment i remember that that song was awesome i've actually never written a solo like that either just on a nerdy technical side because it's like harmonized but it's played it's played with one part so it's kind of like this slidey yeah and no uh, one can play it live except you (laughs) (laughs) just get two people just get get michelangelo Badia with the two the two things (laughs) no I'm sure someone can play it. It, it yeah, it, it's a, it's like a uniquely, it, it's just a really unique solo. Like you wouldn't maybe notice it just upon first listens, but it's played with one guitar, so it was like I, I was really proud of that. Yeah. Um, I remember you figuring out the solo to "You Can't Catch Me" as well, which is probably my favorite on the record. Oh yeah, that was off the rip. That was just improv. Uh, I remember that was on the. We were just jamming in, well, like we did for pretty much all of it. We were just jamming in the room, and uh, it was just kind of one of those classic. Mo- it's just one of those things in in like that exists in more of the country sphere where it's kind of like take a solo, yeah. you know. <laughs> and it's it's that's one of the reasons on a, just a little segue is why I respect country music so much is because when you get to this level, you know, where you're at and others others are at, it's kind of like you are expected to have this. Um, control of your instrument that is just so not to say you don't need control in other genres but you just need to really understand taste and all taste and tone and and theory and technicality and you need to be able to just w- and it all boils down to take a solo you know what I mean <laughs> and that's why you got people like Jared and you got people like Londrino they're just so incredibly versed at their instruments that can just play stuff and and it was it was I I feel so I'm fortunate that I got to play with such great musicians like that. But yeah, I just remember that was like we were jamming and I just uh, threw a solo together and it just kind of like, that was that. Machine's like, no, I love that one. Like, we're keeping yeah, that it one. Just worked. It was like the one solo. And I was like, okay, yeah. But in, in like looking back on it, it's funny because it's like you could easily be like, well, maybe we could maybe we could move this. To, but like you'll never get the, the feel of what that one take was, which I think is what a lot of country music like I, that's what I've learned to love about country music is that maybe there are little flubs here or there or stuff like that, but it's like these people are so good. I'm not talking about myself, by the way. I'm more like thinking about like <laughs> Zach Longino and like, you know, but it's just like 
there's just these moments of taste that mm-hmm. are just there in the moment and it's more like okay like like where in other genres people people might be more of like an animator you know and you're kind of like creating the song but like in country music you're more of a photographer you know as nice. a, from a producer Analogy. standpoint and you really just got to capture these these moments you know and so i yeah that solo was great because it was just it just happened you know it just happened and yeah you know and i would love to play that live with you again and just be like yes. see what comes out the next time <laughs> yeah no and that's how it is it's always a little different yeah. and you know it's cool yeah and that's that's like that's true connection from musicianship to listener you know Absolutely. which i think a lot of other a lot a lot of other styles of music don't really have so much of that mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm really happy that we kept a lot of those things on your album you know i think that was so important to me to keep everyone's little quirks and creative ideas mm-hmm. and instincts in there to me that's what makes it so special and why i really feel like the record is a true collaboration and you know the purpose of doing this podcast and why i've spoken about all the people involved in the record so much over the past couple months you know when talking about the record because it, it was such a team effort i brought these songs that were for the most part acoustic demos um that i just kind of mm-hmm. done at home and had a bit of a vision machine and i had a little bit of a vision but it's everyone's individuality all the different players and everything that people brought to it that i think made it so vibrant that's kind of how i picture the album it's so colorful mm-hmm. and and fun <laughs> yeah oh those are i can easily say that that summer that record is my favorite record i've ever been a part of really the getting to be a session band you yeah. know just being a band for that time yeah that hands down the most fun record hands down everyone was so so good it was just playing like it was like i feel like it was 50 percent making music with with my hands yeah as opposed to like with with the computer you know yeah and now it's out in the world finally everyone can hear it i can't believe it took two and a half years to get here but it's gonna live on forever so for better or worse country music is back coming back pretty now-ish yeah <laughs> so. and you know it's really really people are starting to accept it and appreciate it more and more in the uk Mm -hmm. too when i was starting out um like eight or nine years ago now i mean when i was literally just starting to write songs didn't really start releasing anything till 2014 but there were just not that many people around who were playing music in that vein or who actually would even admit to liking it i don't know what it is about um the Brits, but I, country music is has never really been seen as cool until the last few years. Where, and not that I th- I'm saying my music is country; it's a blend of things, and country is just one influence that's in there. But just um, more kind of Americana music is becoming more and more popular here, and we've got bigger festivals happening every year. We've got the big C two C festival, which is now at the O two arena which is huge and we that's crazy yeah not only do we have the big u.s artists come over we also have british artists that play country and americana music and the crowds get bigger and bigger each year and you know everyone's really gutted that it was cancelled last year and it's just been announced that it's cancelled this year too but that feeling that kind of euphoric feeling that i think we're all gonna get to experience when all this music comes back in the next year is just Mm -hmm. gonna be awesome 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think I can. Uh, I, I I definitely agree with what you're saying on the on the UK side of things. I just feel like I see so much more of of country Americana and that sort of thing. And I, you know, I I gotta say, like, I don't think personally I I grew up listening to a bunch of country and also my parents and me were all foreign so it's like <laughs> it's funny it's so funny whenever like anyone's dad is like well have you heard it? like you know uh, i love neil young you know and stuff like that and everyone's like well of course i know neil young. but i was like i didn't know neil yeah. young until however many years ago but just like how am i supposed to know neil young like i'm not yeah my parents we're not from this country yeah you know but so i it's, it's you know i think that there's there's all kinds of different angles to what country music or whatever mm-hmm. but I think everyone can agree that if you, and it's for me, it took a lot of maturity to understand this because I had my opinions on country music growing up because I was a rock guy, and like hip hop, and I was like, oh, I just don't get it. Like I just, I just feel like it's like like beer and truck and what's all this about and you know, yeah. <laughs> and then, but it's like that's just one side of it. Like you really like dive into what like country Americana folk all this stuff, and it's like, well, hey, there it's just people talking about like. Things that people can relate to. Storytelling. That's awesome. Storytelling, yes. Yeah. But not only that, it's like, how many genres are people this stupid good at their instruments? True. Live. Like, yeah. like I mean, talk about what what music has the most reach to people where people are playing live music or like live instruments, mm-hmm. you know? At least here in, in the States, it's by far country music. I mean, by far. You look at anything else, pop, hip hop. You know, and I mean, I love rock music, but we're definitely below as far as like how many, how massive the whole industry is. And yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, anyone, anyone who appreciates musicianship in general has to undeniably respect country because it's, it's the Absolutely. best. Like the, 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 the players, any, any band, even the people that some people would like to hate on, you look at their band, go look at their, go to their band, <laughs> go to their Instagrams and just, just watch yeah. them. I guarantee, I was doing this the other day with uh, Zach Brown band. Oh my God, it's my uh, favorite. And I was like, oh, just check out how good those yeah. people are. Or go to Nashville and go to any bar along the Broadway yeah. strip. And you know, everyone who's <laughs> playing those bars are playing for the biggest bands, biggest country acts in the world in the evenings. Crazy. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being my guest. And everyone who's listening, you can go and check out Julian's band, Chronologist. Oh, yeah. Chronologist. If you're into that instrumental math rock. It's awesome. It's just like very cool. I don't think I'd heard anything like it before you introduced me to your band. So Chronologist Official, that's kind of your tags on socials. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a great rest of your Sunday. It's now like almost 7 p.m. here. So I'm I'm like at the end of my weekend. You still have kind of a whole day. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take a little Neve on a walk. Your, t- your pup, your little pup. How old is she now? Yeah. Oh, she's two. She's two. <whistles> Neve, what are you doing? She's snooping. She's, in a, she's got a little engineer cage. All right, Julian and Neve, thank you so much for being a part of this. And we'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for letting me be a part of this amazing record. Everyone, please listen to it, because it is a unique moment that has been captured and put on your phone right now. Fun for you.